What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Brian Rodas. So I've been blessed to have grown up around some hammers on the mat, and Brian Rodas was certainly one of them. Brian wrestled at MFL Marmac High School, where he was consistently one of the top guys in the state at both 215 pounds and heavyweight. However, his road to state always seemed to go through kids who ended up either at or near the top of the podium at the state tournament. Brian finally qualified for state his senior year, where he finished runner-up to Blake Raising of New Hampton. Remember that name. Brian also starred on the football field and went on to both wrestle and play football at Southwest Minnesota State University. He is now an assistant coach at Minnesota High School, which is one of the top class A programs in Minnesota. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Brian Rodas. Dad always loves to tell the story about him and Al going and taping Kyle Slifka and ran into him afterwards and Slifka was like, hey, you want me to sign that or autograph that for Brian or something? Well, see, I never, I never, that must have been just for Chet to watch because I never sat down and watched film on any of my guys. Really? Yeah. Didn't Teresa videotape too? Did you ever like? Oh uh, yeah, our matches, but we never went out and scouted per se. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was always the well in high school. It was always the Sunday morning ritual after church and plug the video camera into the TV and critique each other. Really? Yeah. Or you know, even in PUEs or whatever, little league stuff uh we'd pick a night during the weekday and because usually you know our tournaments when we're young were saturday sunday Mm -hmm. same thing really would like andrew critique you and craig and then you guys you would critique craig and yep we all kind of just critique slash coach each other and went from there really i I think that's part of the reason why we had so much success. And, like, my dad never really wrestled, so mm-hmm. he knew a few moves, but, you know, he pretty much left it up to us because we kind of knew more. And, obviously, we were coached by some pretty good coaches and youth, so. Mm-hmm. How did you guys get into wrestling then? If, you know, I, I know, did Craig really start that? Did he, like, how did he get into it? I don't remember for sure how Craig got into it, but basically... I did it because he did it. Yeah. Then the worst part was I was the same size he was. He was two years older, so I got stuck wrestling him and his buddies at a lot of the youth tournaments starting out. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the school of hard knocks for me, I guess, getting into wrestling and having to wrestle two age groups up and getting beat by your older brother for a while. Yeah. When, when did the tables turn? As far as the battle between me and Craig? Yeah. Um, when did you did you kind of start to get him back? 
I'd say my sixth grade year was finally when I was probably a little bit bigger. Then that kind of became my advantage. Mm-hmm. Sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Fifth grade year, I kind of had a partial year because me and him were wrestling in the living room. I think he hit a shot or a fireman or something. I went to brace and I ended up hyperextending my left arm. So Ooh. I was out mm-hmm. for half to three quarters of a year of my fifth grade year. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I think it was right around that sixth, maybe seventh grade year. Yeah. And then going into your eighth grade year, like, did you, I don't recall, did you really have any success on the AAU circuit before your eighth grade year? Um, actually, I did. Um, the first year I qualified, I, we didn't even know anything about it. I was mm-hmm. having a pretty good year, and, uh, Bob Barron's talked to my parents and uh, let him take me to Wartburg for the qualifier. And, yeah, I, I placed, I think I won the tournament. What? Fourth grade at the uh, districts. And then my mom took us took me down to AAU State. And I was in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. And I placed in fourth, I believe, that year at 118 pounds. Wow. Wow, Bob Barron's was the one who talked to you, huh? Yep. Well, he was taking, he's like, oh, let's take him to Spencer, and he might as well come with. He's having a good year. Bob's like, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> I think at that time, we still had dairy cows, so my parents were kind of glued to the farm a little bit more than we yeah. were after they sold them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did that, you think that played a role in your success, too, was just working on a farm? Being a farm kid? Um, I kind of built the mentality that you work hard, you get rewarded. Yeah. You know, my dad was always a firm believer, you work for what you get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between life and sports, it kind of correlates with each other quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because you've had, obviously, both success in both areas to this point. Um, what, what role did it play... Um, you know, during your failures or, you know, as some people might call them a failure, maybe your down times, you know, when you were kind of down and out. Um, I don't know. It's just, it was always kind of like mentality type thing where, you know, okay, today is a bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. It's a new start, new opportunities to be had. Mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. so you know even if I was in a slump there was always you know Craig was a big part of it mom and dad were about hey you know tomorrow's a new day tomorrow's a new day mm-hmm. I don't know I, I just I guess I had such success, such success when I was little that you know I kind of really enjoyed the sport because I think I placed in fourth grade I took fourth qualified fifth grade was a round away from place and sixth grade I placed third or second Mm -hmm. seventh grade year I was a round away from place and then eighth grade year I won it Mm -hmm. yeah I remember we always talk about it I remember you beat Cutter Sandvig and they were rolling up the mats you know we always talk about that how you're out there wrestling and they're rolling up the mats because you're the it's last match. Kind of, 
kind of always been that way my whole career. Always been the last match out there. It was that way in little or youth, that way in high school, that way at the college opens, the college turn, you know, dual meets, you're always the last match. So, what's that like being the last match? Like, you know, you go out there, you shake hands, you're getting ready, you know, everyone else is wrestling and you're always the last one. That's a lot of wait time from when the duel starts to when it's finally your turn. I actually kind of enjoyed it in college because I actually had to cut weight, cut, cut some of my football weight off, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, get weigh-ins. I just had that much more recovery time before I had to go out and wrestle. And then high school, I don't know, I think Chet kind of leaned on me to be kind of the closer for our team if it was going to be coming down to the last match mm-hmm. type of thing. What's the mentality um, like to be like the closer you know, because that's different than being, you know, Capadretti at the front end going out there and, you know, like, you don't think the duel comes down to you because you're the first match, but then it comes down to you. And what's what was that like mentality-wise? Did you get nervous? Did you ever, like, have those Not type of really. things? Not really. Not really. I don't know. I just, I just took it as another match, another opportunity to get better and, you know, wrestle how I want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I didn't really let it factor into how I was going to wrestle. Like, it, you know, there was a few times we needed a pin to win or a major to win or a tech to win. But, no, I usually just mentally I went into it thinking that, you know, this isn't going to be my match. The ultimate goal is to pin the kid, so. So, hmm, it sounds like, did that factor in also, like, I needed a major to win to win the duel or did you just go out there wrestle your match and whatever happens happens you know it's pretty much that way you know go out and wrestle your match um I, honestly my ultimate goal every match i went out to wrestle my goal was to pin the kid mm-hmm. i guess i was always the pinner mentality i wasn't one to go out there and score a bunch of points and try to tech fall somebody I, my goal was to get the match over as soon as i could mm-hmm yeah um we let's uh kind of shift here and talk a little bit about your first three years man you had a gauntlet of a sectionals and districts and um you know guys like ben layman slifka obviously and blake raising and all those guys like when 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 you didn't make it to state you always pretty much had the guys who almost finished one two every year did did that like like what was what was the aftermath after all those districts when you didn't qualify for state knowing that you were better than pretty much everyone else who placed besides the top two guys even though you were better or right there with them right um i guess my freshman year i kind of took it to heart I, that's when we kind of got serious in Monona about the freestyle greco club mm-hmm. um i think steve kind of hit it on the head a little bit about how um it helps with your folk style and then that summer being him actually like we wrestled all summer we traveled everywhere to like bismarck north dakota we went i went to greeley colorado um plus fargo so basically i was gone at least once a month traveling somewhere to go wrestle for team iowa or myself Mm -hmm. and then well my sophomore year i gotta remember yeah, I lost a layman first round because I think it's sectionals. No, I beat Slifka at sectionals. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, well, I don't remember, I guess. But either way, I was, I lost to one of them, and they were both in the finals. And the one I lost to was winning at one point in the match. So I remember Chet yelling at me my sophomore year, pointed at their scoreboard and told me to pick it up. So I didn't take fourth or didn't have an opportunity for a true second match. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think I, I don't think I, I don't think I got a true second match that year. And then <clears throat> junior year, um, didn't really know a whole lot about Blake Reasing, I guess. We uh, never seen New Hampton that year. Just kind of based off of my matches I had with uh, Slefka and Taylor Mansfield. Mansfield was an overtime match at the South Wind Tournament. Yes, I, Mansfield. Mansfield had, like Mansfield majored uh raising so i kind of went into districts overlooking him which was my bad mm-hmm. he hit me with a move i've never had done to me and before i knew it i was down four to one so just kind of but, yeah the the whole mentality of i guess or the whole feelings of you know the one two guys or one three guys going ahead of you it's it was pretty frustrating because it's like god one move away or you know if we if New Hampton was in a different district or you know but it's one of those things you can't control the what ifs mm-hmm. who, who did you lean on in those times you know because I mean it's it's one thing to be like one year but to have it happen three years in a row you know like was there some doubt starting to creep in um well my third, after my junior year, there was quite a bit of doubt starting to come in because it's like, God, that was a year supposed to be, you know, one of my three years I was supposed to go. Because the year before would have been the year Travis Eggers and Steve and Paul and Kyle made it. I was mm-hmm. slated to be able to qualify that year, and that would have put us in the top three, if not two, as a team that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. You know, family was a big part. My girlfriend, or no, my wife Amber, was one that I really, she really helped get me through a lot of that. Just you know, keeping you positive and making sure it wasn't too far down. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, like, those are some hammers that you were going up against, and on any other, like, you could have wrestled that match or those that tournament four different times and you probably have a different mix of people going every time yep you know it was just a matter of who was truly really on that day and you know i'd always have a good section my freshman and sophomore year and then i don't know what happened at districts but it was kind of the running joke in the wrestling room like uh spencer and kyle Barron started calling it the road is curse as to why we none of us could ever qualify yeah Oof, that's 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 tough, you know. But at the same time, like, were you able to just kind of put it behind you? I mean, how long did it take for you to get over, you know, what happened at districts every year? Oh, a good probably two or three months. By that time, track and baseball had been started or over with, and. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of back to that training for football and then wrestling camps started popping up because like, we went to, we used to go to two team camps, Wartburgs and Luther's for wrestling. Plus mm-hmm. we had our 
Chet used to have an in-town camp there, so, you know, it's kind of that start training for football while doing some local wrestling because after between my freshman and sophomore year I didn't really do the traveling for the freestyle Greco stuff I did a lot of the local tournaments but I didn't I didn't travel like I did the year before mm-hmm. yeah fun, good that you mentioned football because now we can kind of touch on that a little bit when did football when did you start getting serious about football Oh, probably since I was old enough to play tackle football when we were kids in the yard. <laughs> it's always been a sport I've loved because I've always, I don't know, because I've always been the big kid, I guess. Were Were you like so? Was that your first love, and then wrestling? You just happened to be pretty darn good at it, and so you just like, or did you? Did, it seems like you kind of loved both sports. Which I'd say is about I'd say it's about fifty fifty. You know, obviously you can start wrestling at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And then we you know, we didn't really start playing football at our house till I suppose Craig was seventh grade. Because that's when he you know, we kinda got football introduced to our house when mm-hmm. he started doing junior high football. I mean we'd play catch and all that, but like not full fledged tackle football with no pads on in the front yard until we were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So football, so that love was, it kind of came later, but it was still pretty intense that, you know, and then you got into high school and did you know you were like, was that your goal also to play football in college or were you wrestling? Like, did you have either one as a future goal? Uh, Believe it or not, my ultimate goal has always been just to play football and my goal was to play for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm -hmm. I distinctly remember writing a... Well, it was like a futuristic type paper for eighth grade English class, and my storyline was that I went played tight end at the Hawkeyes and got drafted by the Chicago Bears. And oh no, I am not a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> just, just were you just liking Mike Ditka? Is that who? You know, it sounds like that. <laughs> no, I think at the time they didn't even get good tight ends. I was dreaming that I'd be the the perfect fit for them. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew was kind of the same way when I talked to him. You know, football was kind of his his sport that he really enjoyed. Not more so, but that's the path he wanted to go. You know, were you ever looked yeah. at by Iowa? Or did they ever contact uh, you? Send you any? Yeah, the offensive line coach, Reese Morgan, came you know, sometime in January, my junior season. So we didn't have school that day. I remember meeting with him for about an hour in Coach Anderson's room. And I think it was like a month later, I got invited down to a junior day visit. Got to hang out, tour campus, tour the facilities, and then sat uh, courtside for a men's basketball game down there. Hmm. So were they, when, when, when did Southwest Minnesota State come into the picture? Uh, the start of my senior year, all of a sudden I just got started getting text messages from this random number <laughs> before every football game. You know, it'd be like, good luck tonight against West Union or North Fayette or Sumner Fredericksburg. He's like, God, who is this? And then, then finally he called one day. I suppose halfway through the season and started talking and told me who he was and said that they were really interested in me and wanted to get me on an official visit after football season was done. And 
which is pretty hard to do when you're in the middle of rest. That's six hours away when you're committed to a wrestling program with usually mm-hmm. wrestling on tournaments on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, when did you finally get up there? I think we our schedule fell a little weird that year. I think we had a week off between the conference tournament and the section tournament. Was when, that was the weekend I was able to sneak up there to our campus, meet with the coaching staff, look at the facilities. And at that time, they had just got approved to build a new stadium start of what it would have been June of 2007 mm-hmm. so then shortly after I graduated high school there they had all the blueprints and the pictures and that's what kind of drew me in and uh, obviously Andrew, Andrew kind of hit it on the head too it was, it was a small enough campus that once you were inside the building you didn't have to walk outside to a different building to, to class which was pretty nice because like for me I wear a sweatshirt from the dorms in and don't have to worry about a big coat sitting in class or <laughs> if, it was that, if it was that cold I'd put my coat on and then just leave it in my uh, locker room locker until mm-hmm. I had to go back so Oh, so they, they kind of, like, had you heard about them at all before they contacted you? Or were you like, who the heck is this? Southwest Minnesota State, never heard of you. Like, yeah, it was like, it was, it was like God, who, where is this? What are they? <laughs> Just, you know, after talking with them, I learned a lot about them and uh, obviously did some research mm-hmm. on the computer and found out that they were in Upper Iowa's conference and played St. Cloud. Well, then... Shortly after I was talking with Southwest, St. Cloud started calling, wanting me to come on a visit. And at that time, it was, uh, oh, Coach Ferrano was there. He was originally from Southwind, so he knew, he graduated uh-huh. with my sister. So he he knew me, knew of me, I should say, didn't know me, know me, but mm-hmm. went up there for a visit. And, uh, that wasn't, that was a pretty nice campus, but it wasn't the right feel and fit for me. It's too much of a city atmosphere. Yep. Whereas Marshall's only like ten thousand people, so it's more doable. And the college was on the edge of town, so you felt like you're more in a high school. Hmm. So, when what was the decision? When did you finally make your decision on that it was going to be? Southwest Minnesota State, because who else recruited you? I guess I'll start with that. Who else recruited um, you, and who was in the running besides them? Iowa did my junior, late my junior, and that I kind of didn't hear nothing from them. You uh, and you and I was pretty heavy for a while. They actually offered me to walk on there. Mm, okay, and I really like that. They're. I like you and I and their facilities, their campus, and everything. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really know what I why I chose Southwest Minnesota State. <laughs> really? Yes. Just at the time, it was. I don't know. If it felt right. Yeah. Yeah. So they finally get you in, and you're you sign, and you're going to play football there. And um, but before you do, you finally crack through, and you make it to state. What was that feeling like? You know cracking you know knocking down the road is cursed if you want to call it that and, and making the state <laughs> tournament your senior year well, i was it was finally a relief it's like finally something went right you know because i think it was three or four weeks before i actually tore 
my meniscus in my right knee. It was on a Thursday night wrestling John Helgerson from North Fayette, oh, or North Fayette. It was an overtime match. I lost. I was actually, I think it was a sudden death overtime. Walking off the mat, all of a sudden my knee locked up. It's like, oh no. Because mm-hmm. I had all these big aspirations of going to play in college football. And uh, get it checked out that Friday by the trainer. And of course, Coach Bachman was right there when the trainer's checking me, making sure I was able to at least wrestle one match Saturday to help us win a conference title again. He talked me into wrestling Saturday on a knee that didn't bend. Ooh. Wrestled my one ma- wrestled my one match that I needed to win and <laughs> forfeited in the finals against which would have been John Helgerson again. And then I guess yeah. Because in that year, we had a break between conferences and sectionals. Mm-hmm. And I had surgery on a Friday night. The following week, I was wrestling on a Saturday after doing rehab for a week with no practice at sectionals. Um, I got pinned my way through that section tournament down at Independence. Then mm-hmm. basically a case of practicing again before districts and... Uh, getting prepared to win I just needed to win one match was what we had figured and got it done and medical forfeited the raising in the district finals and luckily the kid I beat the first round at districts won and didn't have to worry about a wrestle back and finally finally punched the ticket to the bank yeah how invasive was that surgery for your meniscus I forgot about that I remember that happening I just I forgot that. That's um, how, what it was. It wasn't too bad. I think it was like three little microscopic cuts, and they went in there and just kind of scraped out the piece that flared up. And biggest thing was um, there's two ways that they're going to do it. They're either going to cut it out or sew it back down. And if I, they sewed it back down, I was done. And the funny thing I remember is I remember waking up from anesthesia, and I just kept asking them on repeat on repeat did they cut it or did they sew it because i was worried about being able to finish my senior year off wrestling yeah and i was like okay that's enough you've asked 10 times <laughs> give me the same answer <laughs> <laughs> so it was up to the doctors whether or not they were going to cut it or sew it it sounds like yeah he said yep he said it you know at the age of 18 you know meniscus is a pretty vital piece of cartilage in your knee mm-hmm. for cushioning and he's like you know at your age you're gonna want it you're gonna, you're gonna want as much of it as you can when you get to be 50 60 years old mm-hmm. and he said luckily it was small enough that he cut it out and it shouldn't have any long-term effects and to this day i have never had a problem with it again so wow sounds like you were i mean maybe not even inches maybe like millimeters away you know, from having your season end, you know, it sounds like if it was a bigger piece, they would have, they would have sewed it down. Yep. And at that rate, it's, I don't think I would have been able to even start playing football right away in August at college. Cause it, that's a lot longer rehab for that. Yeah. What, what did, um, what did your coach say when you finally called him and told him, or did he know right away or, did check I actually home had surgery in the morning, and then I made it to, uh, like, the last class of the day at school, and I sat through practice doing uh, a few exercises that I could do right away and nicing it. 
I think Chet was happy to hear that I'd be able to go for sectionals. Mm-hmm. But did you? Uh, sorry, I guess I met your your college football coach. When did you? Oh, when did he know, or I, when did you let him know? I I didn't tell them until after I graduated. I guess it wasn't until May. They, or actually, it was in May because I had to go up and sign up for classes and all that mm-hmm. freshman orientation stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when we kind of had the conversation, and he had to go talk to the athletic training staff and I gave them the doctor's number and they called and they said that shouldn't be a problem so okay so it wasn't it wasn't a huge deal it was probably you know it didn't sound doesn't sound like it was I mean it was like obviously it was but like long term I should say yeah no they were just more or less he was more or less worried or curious if it was good to go, good to go, or if it was temporarily good to go. And that's why I had to go talk to the athletic trainers and mm-hmm. they talked to the doctor. And yeah, it was a pretty quick and easy process. And then after that, nothing else was really said about it. So, And even to this day, nothing? Nothing. I remember I rewatched your finals match against Raising, and I watched him land on that surgically repaired knee. And I mean, he lands on it. It was in the third period, did and nothing else happened after that. Nothing else, no other like damage. I get. I think I ended up having like an MCL strain or sprain or something like that. Because I ended up having to go back to the same orthopedic surgeon, Mm -hmm. and he looked at it and. I couldn't hurt. I couldn't. The position I had to sit in in the MRI machine, I couldn't do it. I was in so much pain. Oof. So I, he ended up putting me in a immobilization brace where it basically keeps your legs straight. Like I wore that for well, six weeks afterwards, and then finally it felt better. He checked it, and um, I, I was able to do another MRI, and it came back everything clean. So mm-hmm. it looked painful. <laughs> I gotta uh, say, luckily, uh, well, I think if it wasn't for that knee brace I had on, mm-hmm. it probably would have been something bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before though, before you get you get to raising in the finals, you have the draw that comes out, and obviously back then they don't seed, so it's second place at districts gets first place at sectional or gets the first place at district. And so when you, the draw comes out, did you look at that at all and think, like, what was your mindset going into state, you know, your first time getting there, and you see the draw, and there you are? And um, I just went in. I didn't, you know, you know, my whole high school career, I was ranked every single season, even as a freshman, I was ranked. Mm-hmm. So to me, rankings didn't really mean nothing. This kid was ranked, oh, sixth, I think. So I didn't really pay attention to that stuff. I but my goal, ultimate goal is to make it to the podium. Mm-hmm. Okay. By doing that, it was one match at a time. Mm-hmm. So I just went in with the mentality, one match at a time, wrestle your match, and go from there. Because I didn't know anything about this kid. And I guess a kid from Shenandoah, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Kind of a smaller kid. I think as a kid that had figured he had an easier path to make it to state at heavyweight versus 215. Ah, okay. So... Mm-hmm. I had quite a bit of a size advantage on him, and um, I think I had a takedown and some back points in the first period. We, on the flip, he deferred. I looked over 
to Coach Bachman and he told me to chose up, which is very rare for him to tell somebody to choose up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, then <clears throat> ended up breaking him down, putting him in a cradle, and I pinned him in the second period. I don't know the time for sure. <laughs> then we scurried off the mat. Luckily, the next pair that wrestled behind me on the same mat, I had to wrestle the winner of those two. Mm-hmm. So I was able to watch that match and my kid, I, I don't remember his name. I gave another kid that was drank pretty high, mm-hmm. but I remember after the match, he was getting interviewed by some TV station and underneath he's talking about his upcoming match. Well, he's going to use his conditioning and this and that, uh, hopefully when I ended up pinning him <laughs> 30 seconds into the first period. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was a big sigh of relief you know you win two, two back two wins back to back you're on the podium mm-hmm. so goal number one was checked off goal number two is get as high as you can I think in the semifinals I wrestled Woody Roberts from South Team yep and I guess when I'm on my feet I like to tie up collar tie and lean in <clears throat> luckily we had watched him two rounds and figured out he's got a nasty slide by, so I had to really change up what I did in the neutral position as far as staying offensive and not pushing and leaning too much where he hits that slide by and give up an easy takedown. Mm-hmm. And I think I ended up winning that match one to nothing, so I was tied going into the second. He got the flip, chose down, thinking he could score first. I think I wrote him out. Mm-hmm. Third period, I chose down, and I took my time escaping because I knew I did not want to be on my feet with him with too much time left. Mm-hmm. I actually think I got him on a stall call. I stood up. He was trying to pull his hands out to let me go, and I was holding him there until <laughs> he got called for stalling, and then I finally <laughs> let him go. I, I think it was kind of a misconception that – you weren't well conditioned. I think, in my opinion, I thought you had some pretty good conditioning. I think, you know, maybe biased here, but I thought Chet did a good job of trying to keep us conditioned, and you as well kept yourself kept yourself in good conditioning. You know. Yeah, I well, that's back. I don't know if he still does it today or not, but I remember walking up to the. The long walk up to the wrestling room from the locker room, and then you see that red T-shirt hanging on the doorknob. You know, it's gonna be a be a be a rough one for that hour and a half or whatever those practices were. Yeah. No, I, yeah, Chet was really good about getting us in wrestling shape and getting us in wrestling shape early in the season, whereas I think some coaches kind of wait till the end of the season because mm-hmm. there's a lot of matches early in the season where you know you'd wrestle a hard match and you didn't really feel that tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did um I remember a story I don't um did he he made you or didn't make you he talked to you about cutting down maybe 10 or 15 pounds um to just get you in a little bit better shape one year. Was that is there any truth to that? Um my sophomore year he had me cut down to 215 because we had uh, another kid that was a true heavyweight made him have a 215 pounder. Because I think mm-hmm. after football season, I think I was weighing about 240. Oh, wow. I'd say that was probably the year I was in the best shape because I was doing a lot of morning running. Me and Andrew drive up to the school, run mile, mile and a half. Mm-hmm. 
go out to the weight room, lift weights for half hour, 45 minutes, and then start school. Wow. One year, did he have you do it while you were heavyweight? I thought you were like, you know, running about 280, and he was like, hey, if we can get you down to 265, I think you'll feel better. I think you'll move better. I actually didn't. I don't think I ever weighed 280 okay. in high school. Okay. I think the heaviest I weighed was like 270, and that was right after football season. Okay. Because I think. I think that's probably when he said that we should probably get down to 260, 255 area. That's kind of where I was, mm-hmm. which I didn't really have to watch what I ate. It was just uh, the hard workouts and the conditioning that he had us go through that just kind of shaved that excess weight off. And mm-hmm. and you just kind of did you did you tell the difference between you know football shape and wrestling shape when you kind of fluctuated? Oh. There's a big difference between football shape and wrestling shape. <laughs> football, you got to go hard for 10 seconds and you get 30 seconds off. You don't mm-hmm. get that in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you get second place. What was that like, you know, reaching the point? I know it ends on a sour note, but in a way it ends on a on a positive note. I think everyone, you know, the, from a fan's perspective, everyone was just finally appreciative that you got yours, you know, because us as fans were also bummed with you. You know, we felt we didn't feel your pain per se, but we were we were hurting when, you know, we knew how good you were and we knew your potential. And, you know, when we finally saw you in the finals, I think we felt a relief as well and happy for you, you know. Yeah, it was, you know, like you said, it was bittersweet. Um, you know, wrestling a close match in the finals, kind of having a bad luck turn of events where it was like 30 or 40 seconds left where he mm-hmm. was through the side of my knee, kind of. Then he knew that, <clears throat> that pretty much at that point he had the match won because it's kind of hard to take a person down with one good leg. Mm-hmm. Especially at that let weight. Alone at, let, let alone at heavyweight, you really <laughs> right. need both of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, so let's I'll fall back on your football career a little bit through high school. You know, you played offensive line your whole career. Did you ever get put in like when you were like your freshman year? Did you ever get like fullback, or did Anderson just put you on the line? You there? Yep. Sorry. Yeah. That. <laughs> no. No. Um. <laughs> Actually, my seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade years, I played fullback and middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Oh, middle linebacker. So, Jeez. Uh, um, Watching you come yeah, through the hole. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, as a freshman, I think I was like uh, probably two twenty with all my pads on. Jeez. Over half my offensive linemen were like maybe one hundred and fifty pounds soaking wet with their pads <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. So it looked, looked pretty funny, and then I, that was the one year Kyle was out for football as our freshman year. Mm-hmm. He was a tailback, but no, I always enjoyed carrying the ball. I always felt like it moved well, and then uh, the transition from fullback to lineman wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, I kind of figured it was coming at some point, mm-hmm. just because of my size and everybody else. And um, Actually, I played quite a bit oh. of defensive line my freshman year towards the end of the Ooh, season really? the varsity squad mm-hmm. yeah. just as a fill in for a down or two or you know get some of them older guys some rest and I think I was on the kickoff team too so there's there's quite a bit of football my freshman year between 
ninth grade on Friday nights. I had to dress varsity games Friday nights, and then JV was on Monday nights. So. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your your whole career, like, you know, obviously the team wasn't as good as what we wanted them to be, but but there was you, and you were kind of the standout guy, you know? Were there a lot of scouts that came and kind of sat in the seats and watched you? Or did you not notice uh, that at all? I Generally, if there's a scout there, they don't want you to know because they want to see how you play versus knowing that they're there, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. They want to see what, what your demeanor is at the beginning of the game, at the end of the quarters, how you interact with other players, and what your attitude is like when, you know, like for us, when we're losing by quite a bit all the time, you know, if you were still going 100% or if you kind of just gave up because you're not in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly never knew if there was a scout there or not. And I was just out there having fun, playing my <laughs> hardest, and just letting the chips fall where they were going to fall as far as getting recruits or offers to go play college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to see now we talk about like how you got your due finally. Anderson, you know, Dan Anderson seeing his football team finally get some success. It's been it's been fun to watch or fun to, you know, pay attention to. Yeah, I've been actually me and Coach Anderson have been talking quite a bit ever since he's gotten back to oh, really? head coach again. Yeah, because um, as soon as I got out of college, I was really good, really close with the athletic trainer, and she lived in Minneota. Her husband was the offensive coordinator. And she's like, I think you'd be a really good coach. You should come try it. So as a part of my degree, or, yeah, one of my minors, I should say coaching minor, was you had to have so many hours and volunteer coaching. I'm like, well, that'd be perfect. I love football, and they were pretty decent school at the time, and I was like, well, sure, it's 10 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. Instantly fell in love with it. Really? That, yeah. huh. uh, it's been since 2012 I've been part of that Minneota program now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so before we get there... You play you you played football at Southwest Minnesota State. Um, did you have any idea you were going to wrestle? No, I remember uh, Coach Graham from Upper Iowa came into one of our town camps there, and he was like, <laughs> talking to me about coming and wrestling for Upper Iowa. And I had straight out looked him in the face like, I am not wrestling in college. I'm going to go play football. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get to college, you know, I joined freshman year. I got redshirted for football. And we ended up having to work the, the gate for the wrestling meets. And, you know, so you could sit there and watch the duels. And our heavyweight was a 97-pounder that it put, or 84-pounder that put weight on to a wrestle heavyweight. It's like, really? <clears throat> so I'm like, God, maybe I should have. <laughs> then going into my sophomore year football, had no intentions of it. And all of a sudden, uh, it's kind of missing it because I was coaching – Started coach went started going back to Monona once a month and helping with uh, Chuck Kenneth and kind of coaching Andrew a little bit oh, his really? senior year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was kind of missing it, and somehow the head coach found out. All of a sudden, I was home <laughs> deer hunting over Christmas break, and he's like, "Hey, this is Coach Nelson, Southwest Minnesota State Wrestling." And, hey, I heard you're uh, 
kind of interested in coming out for wrestling. I'm like, uh, I never said that. I said I just missed it. And he's like, well, when you get back from, you know, winter break, uh, let's sit down and have a talk. So I got back up there and uh, had a sit-down meeting with him and the football coaches. And the football coaches are firing. Well, you'll be in great shape for spring football. We got no problem with it. You just got to do all of our lifting and our running portions of it. So there was times I was doing two or three workouts a day between that and going to wrestling practice. Um, then I wrestled in the first tournament. It was a late tournament. It was more or less for kids that were redshirting. And um, went up there. It was my first college match. Didn't even think anything of it. Come out like a ball on a china shop. End <laughs> of the, the first period, I was dog tired. I'm like, God, why am I so tired? Well, dog, got an extra minute in the first period. <laughs> <laughs> so that whole three-minute first period really screwed with me my first year, I guess, because I was not paying. I wasn't used to it. I didn't realize it. So, uh, I ended up, yeah, at that term, I think it took fifth. I had like a month's worth of practice. Wow. And, then he, and I was, at the time, I was beating our starter in the room pretty easily. So he took me along to our last duel meet of the year. And I don't, he's still to this day, he regrets even wrestling me in that duel because I burned a year by eligibility. Uh, mm hmm. Went out and I think I majored that kid from Northern State, and which he was at that point. Or that, he was already a uh, national qualifier the year before, and he ended up qualifying for nationals my first year or that first half year, I should say. Because mm-hmm. then he's like, "Oh, I got this new toy." He's all excited, and then I told him that I'm going to be gone for a weekend to go support Andrew his senior year at the state tournament and go coach him and he's like well if you go down there you're not gonna be able to wrestle in the region tournament because I just can't justify you know saying it's okay for you to go do that and then come back and you still have your spot I'm like yeah well, that's fine but yeah then wow. I ended up national qualifier and I think he ended up I think he's one match away from Paul American that year, actually. Wow. So, I was, went through football, I seen some time late in games, I was on the field goal squad, because I was a big, strong kid. Yeah. And, uh, went into wrestling season, got really good shape, wrestled well in a couple opens before Christmas, so I didn't start till after Thanksgiving, so it was basically 10 days of practice, and then I had an open, and then a week of practice, and another open, I think it's a, the second open, I, I'm going to say it took fours, I had like two weeks of practice, right? Jeez. A lot of the other kids in there uh, at the tournament, you know, like Andrew said, they all start, I think they start early October, so they've had at least two months more conditioning ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess that year, me and Andrew, that been Andrew's first year, we did a lot of, we, when we came home on winter break for a week, we, we made it a point to go up and wrestle, draw, and condition that whole week because we were both behind. Mm-hmm. 
I think it just kind of set, it, set me up for success that year. Had a really good season. I had maybe six losses. Qualified for the national tournament and was, was a, lost my first one. Won the second match. I was leading the the, play, the match to get to place. Then I hit a stupid side roll and I got stuck in the back of the <laughs> So you were one match away from All American. Yeah. Jeez, that that's insane. Like, I mean, that was, that was the year national. Would have been 2010 because that was the year nationals were in Nebraska, Omaha. Mm. They wanted as a team, and then after they wanted as a team, their AD came up to their coach and said, "Well." Sorry, the program is no longer. Yep, that was that was Trev Alberts. Yep, because he's the head, he's the AD now at Nebraska Lincoln, where I go to school. And yeah, so when I saw that was move was coming, I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Damn. That was I was like, wow, really? Your team just won the national tournament, and at your own facility, and your the program gets cut. Mm-hmm. So. And they were good. But gosh, I can't get over it. Like you, you were juggling two sports. You were juggling classwork. You know, all these things, and you still go out there and have the success you have. Like that's just you don't see that every day. No, I well, a lot of it's to chat too, and Dan, you know, setting us up for success. You know, even though we weren't that successful as a football program, there were still things that they all instilled. And to me, I should say, or what I took away from it, that kind of breeds success later on in life, which happened to be, I had some great success at the college level between football and wrestling. Yeah. How good was the, was the football team while you were there? Um, we were about 500 every year. Mm-hmm. We always had one of the top offenses in the conference, which was a pretty good conference. We had Main Cato State, Minnesota mm-hmm. Duluth, Augustana, um, Upper Iowa was in there, and at that time they weren't the greatest. No. They were but no, we were always about 500 and always had one of the highest leading scoring offenses in the conference. So just could never get anything solid put together for a defense. Yeah. So did you ever want, like, when you came in from wrestling, you know, to wrestling season from football, what weight were you at? Were you fluctuating between? Did you have to cut weight then to get down to heavyweight? Yeah. So I think that first full season, the year I qualified, I think I started the year out at like 300. Mm-hmm. All in year was like 310, and then my senior year was uh, 330. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That's a lot yeah. of weight to cut. <clears throat> well, a lot of it was bad weight because I uh, bounced at a bar on Thursday nights, and then I always had half off food. And for the, you know, I, as long as I worked once every two weeks, I got half off the bar food. <laughs> yeah. And that's where a lot of the weight keeps it. So it wasn't, it wasn't too hard to come off, but it just took a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. To do it the right way, it probably has to take a while. You know? Yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah, that year, my, my last year, I didn't wrestle in an open until after Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. It just gets between the weight cut and then two full seasons of starting playing football. It was just my body was kind of physically tired. I took a little bit more time off between football and wrestling just to try to help rejuvenate everything. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you just brought up. The, the toll on your body, yeah, had to be just immense between wrestling and football. I mean, when I talked to Andrew, he only did football a couple seasons. You know, you did them all four, and you wrestled, what, three seasons or four seasons? Yeah, I was, so with the redshirt year, I played football for five years. Jeez. Then I wrestled one four years. Wow. Oh, three, three and a half, I should say. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot on your body, you know. And not to mention you did it in high school. Yeah, it wasn't too bad when I was younger, when I wasn't starting the game, you know, being a starter. So I didn't really have a whole lot of playing time in until my junior year. Mm-hmm. The end of my sophomore year going in, and then my junior year, so I was a full-time starter the whole season. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was in college? You weren't a full-time starter until your junior year? Yeah, I started the last two games my sophomore year, and then I was a full starter my junior year and my senior year. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Still, I just, I'm just, yeah. Like like I said about Andrew, you know, like, it doesn't matter what level it is, Division One, JUCO, man, doing two sports at a high level like you guys did, that's just... I mean, did you ever think about picking one and just doing one and not worrying about the other? Well, that was my initial intention when I went to college was just to play football. Mm-hmm. And once I got to going into wrestling, I had success in wrestling. It's like, God, I, you know, I wasn't one to let somebody down. And Coach Nelson was one that always kind of depended on me and he... He kind of played me as one of his favorites too. Like when we, like Andrew kind of said when we traveled, oh, uh, there used to be four of them in a room. Well, when we traveled, it was me and just him, so we both had our own bed. Whereas all the other weight classes had to share beds. <laughs> so it'd be just you and Coach Nelson? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even when the other heavyweights would travel, they would have to share a room. I don't know what it was with me. I don't know. He just. <laughs> He'd get two beds in a room, and I'd get one, he'd get the other one. <laughs> it been January to Iowa, and that would have been Travis's senior year yeah. up Iowa. We stayed in Waterloo because we were going to Buena Vista the next day to wrestle, and we shared a room. The other end of it was shagged up with the 97 pounder, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> And went to bed when I wake up the next morning. Like, why do I have 15 pills on my bed? <laughs> I look over and he doesn't have a single one. <laughs> he goes, Could you snore any louder? Didn't realize I snored. <laughs> Did you ever. So, so in the middle of the night, every time I'd start snoring, he'd whip a pillow at me and I'd stop for a while. Did you ever run into Travis, you know, and or Kyle at, at like tournaments and stuff when you were at Southwest Minnesota State? Um, not at tournaments. We'd see him at the duels, mm-hmm. um, but 
that I've been Andrews senior in high school and I kind of started wrestling in college. The region tournament was at Southwest, so like Kyle Travis were up and I actually went and hung out with Kyle for a couple hours at the hotel. Nice. Before the uh, that Friday before the tournament started. Mm-hmm. Just back up and hung out and chatted and then uh, about two hours went by and all of a sudden Grip walked in and they uh, had to go to the college to get their work on it because our wrestling was small so we couldn't have you know two teams in there at once so yeah. they had their schedule of when they could go do their practice or whatever Oh, so you mentioned Grimm again. Did did he look at you and go, "Hey, I thought you weren't going to wrestle." Did he say anything to you about how how you're wrestling now? <laughs> he kind of jokingly did uh, after the national tournament was done. We are qualified. Yeah, because we were in the same hotel, and he was like, huh, "I thought you said you weren't going to go out for wrestling in college." I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he just kind of. Yeah, worked out for you because now you, you've been at Miniota, you said, since 2012. And boy, have they been good, you know, since you've been there. <laughs> I kind of stepped in at the right time, I think, because there's been a lot of good group, groups of kids that have come through that program. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those programs that's built on tradition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I started off just as a volunteer coach at first two years, just kind of helping out. Didn't really have much for responsibility, and then that third year. I took over as the full-time offensive line coach. You said your third year you took over full-time offensive line? Yep. And now, so then you did that for a few years, and now are you the offensive coordinator? No. <laughs> no? Okay. There, 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 there's a long line to be the uh, offensive line, or the <laughs> offensive coordinator at our high school. Yeah. Luckily right now. I, I'm the JV offensive coordinator. Oh, least. there you go. There you go. Created the depth a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, our offensive coordinator's been there since, oh, 96, 97. Oh, geez. Okay. Almost 30 yeah, that's years. That's when he started coaching. I, he, had, he didn't start coordinating until like 2001. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's one that grew up. Played in Minneota, went to Augsburg for a year, I think. Mm-hmm. And then moved back and just took over. And yeah, he's done really well. And he, he starts getting creative with some play ideas. He's always got to come over and talk to me to see how I block. It's like he has a drop up right or a certain number. Right? That was the biggest thing transitioning from you know, like NFL to college to. Minnesota, so SMSU and NFL, our numbering systems are really similar. Ah. But when I got to Minnesota, everything was way different. Wow, so you probably so, had a learning curve then. Well, it was a major learning curve. Mm-hmm. They called the plate, I'd be watching the one side of the line, and my would ball go the other way. <laughs> yeah, that, took, that took quite a bit uh, I say probably a year and a half but before I actually got it down pat wow so it's just like wow 
But the such a nice for the uniqueness is when you got to call an audible, we can just yell the number while the defense they think it's going to a certain hole, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So what what's it been like coaching coaching them? I know they got well they get second this year. They lost fourteen seven I think in the title game. Uh, right? 21-14. Oh, 21-14. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, right around there, 2014, something like that. I mean, you guys um, are in the title game every year, it seems like. <laughs> out of the 10 years I've been coached, we've been there five years. <laughs> yeah, two, two state runner-ups and three championships. Wow. And two of the three were back, no. Yeah, two of the three were back-to-back, 14 and 15. That was when... Uh, U.S. Bank was getting belts and we played at the uh, Gopher Stadium. <laughs> yeah, TCF Bank. I think that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We went. Well, so, as our, so my first full year coaching there, we were in Class 2A, and we were probably the smallest Class 2A school, so we were major underdogs. Yeah. We were pretty much supposed to make it out of our section. Being a, being a team that's a pretty good team out of, from Painesville, just to make it to state, and then the next round at the quarterfinals, we had to drive all northeast of the cities about a half hour, so it was about a four hour drive for us. Dang, to play another team, I think they took second the year before and lost to Caledonia. Ah, yes, Caledonia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were losing that whole game, and somehow we pulled a hat out of a rabbit out of the hat and won that one. Dominated in the semifinals at the Metrodome, and then we lost to Chatfield in a pretty close game in the finals. Wow. So then the next year, when it was the first time winning it, we were actually playing a school that was only 28 miles from us. <laughs> no <So> way. <laughs> when we consolidated our schools, our enrollment went down enough so we could drop down into Class A. But, um, we couldn't be in the same section as what we are now because that section was full, so we had to go to the section a little bit further south, which wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we played them twice that year. Once in the regular season and once uh, at the state final. So it was pretty unique that to get that opportunity. To, yeah. And they're, they're actually one of our, uh, kind of our rivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool to see two small, small towns from southwest Minnesota travel to the state tournament and make their way to the finals. Yeah, so then you win it your first year. What was that like, you know, as a as a coach winning winning a state title? It was actually pretty cool. It's, you know, something you always dreamed of in high school is making it to the Uni Dome and then, mm-hmm. you know, being able to play there and, you know, going to coaching, trying to teach these kids to, it's more than just the game, it's stuff to help you out with the rest of your life, kind of set me up for success. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, something, something I never got to enjoy was a state championship between football and wrestling. I came up short. Mm-hmm. My own personal career, so it was awesome to see just the excitement and all the kids' hard work pay off for them. And then the second year, the year we won it back to back, so I've been 14, 15, uh, 
had another really great year. A lot of the same kids were back on offense, defense. We had a lot of kids back. I had a lot of playing time. We ended up playing Minneapolis North in the finals, which that gave us a DC on Gang State And their quarterback was Tyler Johnson. He was be a really good receiver. For yes, the no way. That's who you played in the finals? Yeah, that was another team that had a lot of athletics and a lot of speed. That was another game that we should have never won. Just for the speed and talent that they had on that team. But luckily our kids, when we teach discipline, they, they adhere to it. And our, our disciplines went up on us that game. Because our, our starting fullback and middle linebacker actually uh, tore his ACL halfway through the first quarter that game. And we really didn't have another backup fullback. So his little brother was playing tight end all year. We tricked him out. We have to go play fullback. I've never played. <laughs> Ended up having like two two rushing touchdowns of like forty and fifty yards. Oh, or something no, like that. no way! Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's just nice having the kids like that, where you can plug and play them, and you don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, and let's not sell Tyler Johnson short. He's in the NFL now. So you beat... Yeah, he's the receiver for the Buccaneers, I think. Yeah, yes. Look at that. You took out... That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, does it get, like... I know this is kind of a cliche question, but every state title, does it, does it just feel even better every time? Or is it the same? Or what, what does it feel like to keep winning? Um... I'd say it gets better and feels the same at the same point because you know every year is a different set of challenges you always got a different group of kids as far as like for me offensive lineman this year I'll be starting four out of my five have never been a starter and they're all going to be seniors so you you know you you know this progression of some of these kids and have success it's just it's nice seeing your hard work as a coach put into these kids and then these kids succeed out there playing so mm-hmm. when do workouts start for you we gotta be coming up here um we've been doing weightlifting three days a week we do team conditioning on friday mornings which i i do that that's at 6 30 in the morning and then we do seven on seven for about an hour after conditioning mm-hmm. um our our end zone team camp starts at this Sunday, the next Sunday. And then that kind of rolls right into our team camp at SMSU we've been going to ever since I've been coaching here. Mm-hmm. Then it's basically two weeks off, and then my first official date of fall camp is August 15th. That's a month from today. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you know, your kid once... Fourth of July, hit summer's half over, and well, Fourth of July's coming on. So, <laughs> yeah, you bet. What's what's uh? Do you make them do monkey rolls for conditioning? No, it's a lot of uh, similar stuff that I had to do, do for college conditioning, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but the time stuff. So I've kind of redid the times to suit high school kids and not college kids. So uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, it was probably 75 and extremely humid this morning, so they were huffing and puffing pretty good. Yeah. Do you, what's, do you have a lot of your kids show up for that morning conditioning? Is it is it optional? It's optional. 
But we still have oh, I wish we had probably fifty kids there this morning. Wow. Yeah. Anywhere anywhere from grades fifth through twelve. Wow. And for a town of that size, I mean that's that's really good. And I think the point I'm trying to make is that's and I'm sure you know this obviously, this is that's where, you know, football that's where champions are made, you know, in those morning workouts like that, who shows up, who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I've always been impressed with with Minnesota is kids aren't scared to show up and when they do show up they work hard. So mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of respect to them and to their parents for pushing them and them having their own drive and wanting to show up because even like this morning they showed up they're like oh we've seen all the cones so come on Rodas why do you gotta be like that <laughs> I go well you guys like take seconds a ring I'm like well get on the line then <laughs> yeah that's funny. Going from... I just tell them, I, I don't make you guys do something I have never done before. So. Yes, yes, true that. That Yes. And, you know, knowing you, I know you would do it, you know, you would do it now just to show them, I feel. Well, you there's, know. Been, there's even times where uh, a couple of years ago, I used to put pads on and actually practice because we had some bigger kids. Wow. Just to uh, push them around and whatever. Every once in a while... It's like we get a few injuries or we got some other coaches gone. I sometimes get around scout team quarterback. And oh, really? A lot of a lot of them are surprised with how, how quick and fast I can be when I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Just dumped on it for how quick a 34-year-old that weighs 310 pounds <laughs> I think, yeah, like I said earlier, that's always been kind of a misconception especially about bigger guys I think you know we're starting to see it in the NFL how offensive linemen move nowadays but especially with you yeah you you move you've always moved well obviously you know I don't know I think it's just a gift that I've had because there's been a lot of kids that come to college on scholarship and they can't hardly move at all and they end up quitting (laughs) because To be a zone blocker, you got to be able to move really well, and they kind of figured that out. And they're like, oh, this isn't for me. So, uh, is that the scheme you run? That's the scheme we ran at college. Okay. Uh, we run the double wing system, but many of us a lot of pulling guards and wing backs in motion type stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you know, if you're pulling guards and stuff, they got to be able to move a little bit, obviously. Yep. With how we have our blocking scheme set up for pass blocking, our tackles have got to be pretty athletic because they're usually one on one a lot of times with BMs. So. Mm-hmm. Did you um, have a lot? I was thinking about back. Did a lot of kids or football players come in during the summer and work out as well at Monona? Um, it was kind of hit mess, I guess. We always. Our family always made it a point to at least lift three days a week, if not four or five, mm-hmm. depending on what was going on and like work-wise. Because I think my senior year, I was milking cows for or help, helping on the dairy farm for Daryl Hankus and like Zach Hankus. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of hard to get up and go lift weights at four in the morning because we do. Or is it five? So I always usually want during my lunchtime. 
go work out, grab a stuff from Subway, and eat that on the way back out to work. Damn. Um, I do have one other story I wanted to to get to. This is a family story. My um, the the story of the uh, the zebra cakes. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, I figured that would be coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for yeah. my brother's sake, you know, he... You know, probably wanted me. To. That, that, that's a little good. Even last summer at Al Reich's funeral, that story got brought up again between your dad and Chad. Jeez, oh, yeah. Well, that was the, uh, the old takedown tournament at Riceville. Your dad drove me, Andrew, Cody. Right? Who else was in that van? It was a van full. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you packed a little bit of a lunch thing. It was on a Monday night. So we left after school or whatever, but did this. And we stopped at that small little gas station in Riceville. And I don't know why, but I've always been a zebra kicks kind of guy. Me, so me too. And if you set it on the floor, got back to Milano, got out, thanked your dad for driving and whatever, got in my car and took off. And I started looking around my car and crap, I forgot my zebra kicks. <laughs> Turned around, started pounding on your dad's door. He was already half asleep. He's like, I don't know, I'll ask Cody in the morning. Well, Cody didn't fess up to it until later. Found the wrappers in the trash like three days later. <laughs> so, yeah, every time I see him, your dad or Chad, it's like, how many zebra kicks have you had lately? <laughs> um, my dad also brought up a story recently. Wartburg Team Camp. We used to go there, obviously. You and Spencer, he, he'd drive you guys in the pickup, and you guys would be in the back. And you guys would be, like, putting your knees on his bed, and he'd, you know, be hopping out. And pretty soon he looked, and he's like, hey, there's dents all over my pickup. <laughs> because, I, you know, not on purpose, you know. But you guys would, like, yeah. be hopping out, and you and Spencer would yeah. be. I remember that very first year we went down there because uh, your dad brought his camp did all the cooking we had to bring some meats or whatever for ourselves mm-hmm. I couldn't really bring a whole lot of kids because I think half of them slept in your dad's camper and then some of the other kids slept in a tent right outside the camper and I remember one night we uh, got in a little too much mischief trying to catch a raccoon <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a very fun day the next day because Chet made sure that that wasn't ever going to happen again <laughs> I remember because it was like you guys it was like Tyler Hying was there if I remember right that's how yeah, and that would have been oh uh, my going into my sophomore year because I remember me and Steve were up in Bismarck Dale came up and Raft or Coach or did something and brought Steve's sister with mm-hmm. and we all rode back from Bismarck down to Wartburg so we went from Transitioning from freestyle Greco to folk folks, that was kind of a headache that first match because you kept wanting to do clasping and all that. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember we got back late. Luckily, we had sent the tent with my brother Craig because that had been his senior year. Yes. And Tyler sent, sent mine and Steve's tent up at least. Yeah, we got back super late. I think we missed probably 10, 30, 11 time we got back to Waverly. Yeah. Do you remember the the storm that came through? Were you there for that when that really bad storm came through Waverly? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 
I was either the first year we went or it was that year that me and Steve keep late. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what year it was, but yeah, I remember that. It was super windy and <laughs> crazy lightning. <laughs> I also remember you guys went out with Dan Anderson and you guys went fishing or at least like maybe Kyle Barron's did and Dan, you guys caught some fish. Um, I guess I didn't ever do the fishing part. Oh, that must've been the first year we went because I think coach Anderson was only there my freshman year as a wrestling coach. Ah. Cause then Hayhaw, Tim Hayhaw came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Dan wasn't a coach for... He was for a little bit, yeah. I remember he used to still come up and spar with you, didn't he? Yeah, he was notorious for coming up. First move was getting headlocked right away. <laughs> and he threw, he threw it. He went flying. There was no stopping there. Trying to roll through it. <laughs> he would throw you in a headlock? Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, he get, yep. did he get you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd be seeing stars just usually hit connect with his big vice up on the side of your head. Oh, yeah. Down you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, I think it was my senior year, Chet had one of the Upper Iowa kids come in and wrestle with me one day, too, and that, that was not a very fun practice either. Oh, really? Well, there wasn't any other kids my size. I was always wrestling with, I guess, Mark Barron's. Yeah, he was yeah. Like 180. So, yeah, yeah, that was. I, I just, yeah, that practice was not very fun. And <laughs> usually, Anderson, if he survived that first headlock, you kind of wear him all <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have any intentions of maybe segueing also into a wrestling coach, or is wrestling just kind of something you enjoy watching now, or just paying attention from afar? I did a little bit of wrestling coaching right out of college because I went back because I'm, I'm pretty close with what, what was the coach at Southwest. Mm-hmm. He had some good heavyweights come through. I would go back and help and ended up his scene, the kid's senior year, we got him to be an All-American. Wow. So, um, try to help out a little bit at the high school level. Um, kind of hard to get in there when my job, I mm-hmm. got a fall snow. I work for the county. Mm-hmm. So winter time is pretty hard to be committed to a sport when I gotta do my job. Yeah. And then uh, Axel, my oldest kid, he's just turned seven. He's been wrestling for a couple of years now, so I right. take him to practice and try to teach him a teach him a few things at home. Um, obviously, there's always gonna be a passion for wrestling, and it's just a matter of time and my job of being able to coach. Yeah, yeah. And Amber, you know, your wife was a wrestling manager, so she's always, you know, been around it as well. Yep, yep. Wrestling's a big staple in our house, and it's actually a pretty big staple in our town where probably one of the better area teams, kind of like how we were growing up in Manoa. Really? What's that state tournament like in Minnesota? Well, it's a little different. It's seeded, and then, so, if you, say, your first match, you lose... And then that kid that beats you loses his next match, you're out of the tournament. That's not true double elimination. Wow. 
So, uh, you, if you lose your first match in the Minnesota State Tournament, you better hope to God that that kid wins his next match. Otherwise, you're out. So, if he wins, then he pulls you back in? Yep. Okay. Oof. I don't like that. I mean, from a from a wrestling perspective, that just seems like a lot of anxiety. Like, oh, geez. Yeah, you better hold. I think, I think it's cramped. All cramped into two days. I think it's just a Friday, Saturday tournament. Really? This team's team state is on Thursday. Really? So they do like dual team, whatever, on Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday is the state tournament individual, and then they're done. Yep. Wow. That surprised me a little bit because Minnesota is a pretty big wrestling state. Yeah. And, uh, when I first learned about it or whatever, I was like, wow. So if you left that first match, so you're cutting a lot of weight and you don't wrestle very well your first match, and then that kid gets lucky on a headlock or something. Yeah. And he goes and loses his next match, you're out. That's kind of. Yeah. Kind of a different perspective on how to prepare for a tournament. <laughs> yeah. What's it like playing football up there in the weather? You know, is the weather much different than, say, down in Monona? I know Monona's not terribly far south, but I'll just give you an example. Here in Omaha, like, we didn't get any snow. I didn't pull it I didn't, I mean, we may have got it like a trace of it. I didn't have to snow blow it once or push snow or, like, none. <laughs> Well, it's, it's cold and windy in the wintertime. Uh, I'd say it's windy here all the time. Uh, uh, home day is like 10 to 15 mile an hour winds for us. How do you play football in that when it's like that? That's well, nice when it's hot. At least you got some wind blowing on you. <laughs> yeah. um, late in the season, it gets pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not playing the whole game or you're just standing there on the sideline. You know, you go through your warm-ups. Get all hot and sweaty, and then you stand there and freeze. Now, that was probably the hardest part of my first three years was, you know, doing all the warm-ups and then they have to stand there all game long. At the end of the season, it's super cold out. Yeah. Because uh, I remember the one game, I was up in Moorhead. It was super cold. Like, and they brought nip cool heaters to put on the sidelines to try to keep some of the kids warm. Mm-hmm. Well, one heater was from Florida, I think. <laughs> and his hands were numb. So he went and put his hands by the heater and didn't realize that his gloves had melted to his hands. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a cold game because that was when I ended up having to be on the field goal unit because some of our older offensive linemen were getting hurt and they didn't mm-hmm. want them on. So I was like, well, stand there and freeze and so your big ice cube go out there and take a running start hit from some other kid. Yeah. Who's been... It's like, oh, ouch. <laughs> Dang, how'd they get the gloves off that kid? Um, I get... They used like a scalpel and they were able to peel them off. They didn't get any kind of turns, but they just melted enough that they were stuck on his hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still, jeez. That's cold, yeah, yeah, when you gotta bring out those heaters. Yeah, it's. Some years it was cold, some years it wasn't. Then, um, like my senior year, our last game was actually played in the Metrodome because the college was Concordia St. Paul. And they had already put their dome up over their their field. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a drum, so they ended up uh, renting the Metrodome Hall. So that was pretty cool playing in there. Yes, yes. 
Big Vikings fan over here, so I remember the Metrodome. Mm. <laughs> yes, cool place. Yes, I well, I've been there. I was going to let you know we've been there um, multiple times, but we went and saw. I probably have a picture of it. Or my parents do. You know, obviously, you know this. They have all the football helmets of all the Minnesota teams. And so, yeah, we went and we located uh, old Miniota. So we saw your football helmet in there. That was pretty cool. I think Teresa told my mom that. And so we went, your mom, you know, your mom told my mom. And so we went and looked, looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool how they have all the high school helmets. There's a display board in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Brian, I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me about wrestling and your experience and also your football experience and how you know how it combined into one for you in a way yep so. thoughts on the life of being a coach and hoping my kid uh, loves wrestling as much as I do Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Brian Rodas, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.